Did you know that we're exposed to thousands of commercial messages every day? And are you aware that consumers tend to trust what influencers say about brands much more than what brands say about themselves? When brands need to cut through the noise and reach consumers, influencer channels offer an unrivaled space to create genuine, meaningful dialogue and connect directly with consumers on their terms. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, a leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to understand more about influencer marketing and why it's such a powerful channel when it comes to building trust in your target group. Every Wednesday, we'll cover topics such as how to build a successful influencer marketing strategy, how to measure the effects, the role of influencer marketing in the overall media mix, and of course, the latest trends and insights on what's up in the influencer marketing and social media sphere. And we know you're busy, so every episode is right around 15 minutes. Perfect to tune into on your morning walk, during your morning routine, or on your way to and from work. Join us and our expert guests to stay up to date and take your marketing strategy to the next level with influencer marketing. The world's fastest growing marketing method. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Frida Ekholm. And this is Influencer Marketing Talks. Hello and welcome back to this week's Influence Marketing Talks, brought to you by Cure Media, one of the leading influence marketing agencies for high street fashion, home and beauty brands. I am Holly Marin and today we have such an exciting brand joining us to speak to you all. So let's not waste any time, let's get on with it. In 2019, 19-year-old influencer Matilda Jaff launched the Scandinavian-style non-seasonal ready-to-wear fashion brand Jaff Avenue together with partner and co-founder Rasmus Johansson. Only three years in, Jaff has become globally recognized, reporting $8 million in sales in 2021. But that's not all. At the same time, Matilda, you gained global recognition for your iconic hair and Scandinavian style quickly propelling your Instagram account to 2.3 million followers, I believe it stands at today. And that's counting, right? That's still growing. Yeah. (laughs) And today I am so lucky to have this iconic duo in the studio to talk to us about your successes and how you have grown the kind of fashion empire that is still growing to this day. So welcome Matilda Jeff and Rasmus Johansson. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you both today? Thank Thank you. you. I'm good. Yeah, How we're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, it's, we have our launch day today, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's a busy day. It's a busy day. Yeah, it's always, <laughs> always exciting. All the more grateful for you taking the time out to speak with us, of course. So of I guess the first question that everyone's going to want to know, um, kind of for you, Matilda, is where did it all begin? How did Jeff Avenue start? How did Matilda Jeff, the influencer, begin? Where did that start for you? Well, I guess the influencer side of things kind of started after high school. Um, I've Mm -hmm. always had a really big interest in photography and fashion and styling and like 
everything creative. Um, so after high school, me and Ross, we traveled to the Caribbean and we we just started taking photos. Um, I had a blog back then that I mainly just had for my family to follow our journey there. And then I I think we gained like 3,000 followers and we were like, wow, 3,000? Like that's, that's a lot of people. Like what are we going to do with this? Yeah. Um, and then we came home to Budawas. It's a small town in Sweden where we're from. And we continued doing our everyday job. I worked at a juice bar. And then we decided to travel to Australia and Bali for six months. And that's when we kind of like started gaining more followers. And I did a lot of modeling jobs. I did more Instagram collaborations. And I think a year later from like the 3,000, we hit 100,000. And then we came back to Sweden again. And we were like, okay, so we have two options. We will either continue working like with our regular day-to-day jobs. Like I go back to the juice Mm. bar, you go to your, I don't know what you did back then. I think you did like sales or something. Yeah, or warehouse. Yeah. Um, Or we kind of like see where Instagram takes us. Like we kind of take a gamble and see what happens. And that's kind of like how it all came about in a really, really short version. (laughs) I remember in in the, when we were in the Caribbean and Mm. we were, you know, planning our home trip and as Matilda said she had 3,000 followers and I was like okay let's aim for 10,000 when we come home you know and we were like okay that's pretty crazy that's very ambitious so (laughs) we didn't have any plan of being where we are right now it was never a plan to be an influencer or to work with Instagram and more kind of like organically happened which I'm very grateful for obviously and I mean it's not like I haven't worked for it because I worked very, very hard for it. And I still work very, very hard with my social media channels. But it was never my ambition to work full time with um, Instagram before I actually gained like 100,000 followers. And I realized that, oh, this is actually something that people do and something that I can do. Um, and I think today it's obviously so much more common to work with Instagram. Mm-hmm. This was back in 2017, which is like not that long ago, but it was still long enough ago for it to not be like an obvious career decision yeah definitely and how are you finding balance in that nowadays you know you have your roles and responsibilities with Jeff Avenue you're still incredibly active at growing your social channels and you know doing your collaborations on there how do you find time for both of those things I suppose well I I would say I don't really have time for both of those things (laughs) but I genuinely love what I do so much like I love running Jerf Avenue I Mm -hmm. love the creative aspect of that and having employees and having a business and a brand that I get to know you know build from the ground up but I also love having my social media channels and you know talking to my community there and having Mm -hmm. my online friends there so I think it's more like I make time I make sure I we we're very we're very smart with our time like when we walk to work we'll take an outfit photo so I can post um so it's never like I plan like okay we have to go out and shoot Ross it's more like okay when we're walking we actually have like five minutes over let's get an Instagram photo um and I think that's also something that my followers appreciate they know that the content that I put up is very genuine and authentic to me and sometimes it'll just be photos from the office because that's the only time I have. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be, you know, out on the streets because it's my daily walk to work. Um, so it's more like I really try to have enough time to run both businesses, but obviously it is hard. And Jerf Avenue is my little baby and it's where I put most of my time. Um, but yeah. I still have, I still, I still upload my daily photos on Instagram. Um, but obviously like I don't do many collaborations anymore because I really want to put the, the time that I do have over, I want to put back into Jerf Avenue and not, you know, work with other brands. 
And it's long yeah, working yeah. days for you. Yeah, I mean, very long. <laughs> usually, you know, uh, she focuses most of the time during normal working hours on Jafavni here in the office. And then when we come home, it's yeah. a lot of work with the yeah, social with media, social media. And answering DMs and commenting and planning yeah. uh, feed and so on. Well, I don't plan feeds, but I plan your Favini's feed. Yeah, <laughs> I never plan my own personal feed. I don't have time for that at all. <laughs> but I think that that so resonates with me, what you said about that your followers appreciate seeing your life authentically yes. in all its busyness and sometimes, I assume, chaoticness. Yeah. And they'll doubly appreciate that you're making the time for yeah. them to, to share in that with you. Um, and that's the virtue of the channel. Um, now, a question for you, Rasmus, and well, maybe both of you can answer this, but um, I suppose everyone will be wondering, what's it like working with your partner? You guys have been here from day dot. You have built this together. That must be extraordinary. Yeah, for sure. And I think what you just said is a good, it's an important detail that we did this yeah. together from the very start. I think it would be, you know, more difficult to... Uh, that Matilda or myself had a brand and, you know, the other partners coming in and joining and working together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we started the influencer thing together as yeah. well. We started together from nothing and built that up. And then, we, you know, we started to work together every day. Uh, so, you know, we've been working together every day for almost like, I don't know, five years yeah. or something. So we're, you know, we're, we're used to it. We know yeah. what, you know, we should focus on and what to avoid and how to, you know, make a smooth yeah. work day. And I feel like, especially now with Jurf Avenue, we have such dis- like distinct roles. Yeah. So like we barely honestly see each other, like us sitting here, like rarely happens nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a very, it's, it's an amazing thing to have together, like being able to create a brand together, like working towards the same goals, being so passionate about the same thing. It's something that is so rare and that I really am so grateful for. Yeah. And in one way, the work-life balance gets much easier because, yeah. you know, we work a lot, but we do it mm-hmm. together. So, like, yeah. in between, we get some time together. At least and... we both suck because we love our work. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, especially before Jeff Avenue as well, when we did the influencer thing, I think it was really important, you know, doing all the traveling around the world that we could do it together yeah. rather than yeah. like flying our, uh, alone and me being home doing something else that would be you know, difficult for the, for the relationship as well. So only positive things. Amazing. And I know obviously the brand is kind of inextricably linked to you, Matilda. It is Jeff Avenue. You are the face of it. Is that only positive things as well? Or are there sometimes some challenges there? Well, I think it's also so linked to me because we're so transparent with like what people we have in our, mm-hmm. in our company, like we show everybody. So the people like our followers know who works with customer service, who works with social media, who works with production. And they know that I'm the owner of Jerf Avenue. Um, well, some, some customers actually don't, but you know, most, most <laughs> do. Um, and I think that also goes to show that yes, the brand is connected to me partly because, you know, Jerf is my last name and all of that, but also because I am the founder and the designer. So I have so much of myself and my, you know, it's so much of me in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also goes to show, you know, sometimes when we post photos of me, people are like, oh, what is the model wearing? Like, what size? Who is she? I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm the brand. <laughs> but I love, I love that. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, um, we, we, did a, we did a screening last fall. Uh, mm-hmm. And it shows that 50% of Jeff Avenue's followers on Instagram doesn't follow Matilda on Instagram. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. we're pretty standing alone there. Yeah. But I think also it's, 
now it's become very popular with influencer brand and mm -hmm. and the question is very relevant and it comes up a lot but if you think about it like many of the big established brands were very connected to the founders regardless yeah. if they were a profiler you know chris and Dior, all of the major houses were connected to a family or a person and you know they could do it uh and uh, still standing strong and yeah. so can we yeah and i think it's important to also like i want to be the face of the brand because i want mm -hmm. people to know that i'm the one creating it like when you purchase something it's me like it's my ideas it's my designs because i think that really builds such a strong connection if we yeah. were to never show like the people behind the company i wouldn't be I, we wouldn't do that. Like that doesn't align with our values. Like we're so particular with showing everybody behind the company. Cause I think that, you know, that's what builds a really strong relationship um, with our yeah. customers. And I, I think, you know, we believe it's what the consumers want nowadays. They want yeah. to see behind the curtains. They don't want to just see um, the polished storefront, the kind of anonymous storefront. They want to see the humans that go into brands nowadays um, and I think it's incredibly valuable and incredibly bold when creators are so comfortable connecting themselves to their brands. I think that's important nowadays. And obviously that's played a huge part in the insane growth you guys have seen both on Jeff Avenue, but also you, Matilda, personally um, on social media. That's been a real launch pad for you guys. Is there any other, are there any other secrets that you think you can attribute to that growth and that success? I mean, I think it's about like consistency and quality. That's why we grow so much, both like on my channel and on Jerf Avenues and the like authenticity of it all. Like we never pretend to be something we're not. And we're always very like transparent. You know, we don't retouch photos. Um, we don't like if a shirt is wrinkled, it's wrinkled because it's, you know, it's a material like cotton will wrinkle. That's, you know, yeah. the material. So why pretend it never does? And I think that aspect is something that has, you know, made our followers really, really connect with us because we're very just genuine in what we do. And I think that's important to be nowadays as well, because I think, you know, everybody, including me, I mean, I mean, we're very tired of like the Photoshop, everything being so perfect, yeah. everything, you know, being so just like, well, just being perfect. Um, so I think that's definitely contributed to our growth, just us being us and not pretending we're something we're not. Um, and then also like putting time into it because it is, you know, it requires a lot of time. And I think that we have found a really, really great team of we're, I mean, we're two men and then a rest woman. Um, so <laughs> we've found a really good team of women who love Jerf Avenue and, you know, loves our customers and we mm -hmm. love our customers so much. So we are, you know, we gladly talk with them on DMs and comments and customer service emails, like as much as we can. And I think that is really, really important as well. Um, and I think that's why we also grow. And then also inspiring content. Well, this is a long answer. Sorry. You know, it's, you can build hype with social media and, you know, and, you know following and, and making good content. But now we've been around for almost three years. So, you don't, you know, we can't forget about the product. Exactly. If you don't have a really yeah. good product that the customers actually love, you can't do this growth journey no. Um, no. without a good product because then you will only, you know. Well, you'll get that first sale, customer. but you won't get the second or the third. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think it's, um, you know, you said there, Matilda, like it's a lot. But I think that's something that's overlooked. People don't, yeah. you know, people think, oh, I can just post on social media. I'll just do a post. And it's like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a bit more to it. So many aspects to it. Like, you know, like we both said, I mean, there's so much you don't think about when you think about social media, which I think, like you also said, it's not often spoken about. But, you know, it's fun. Social media is a fun place. For sure.
Now, to think about um, Jerf Avenue, the brand specifically, if if Jerf Avenue was a person, who is that person? Who is the Jerf icon for you guys? I think it's a very conscious, um, fun and creative and, you know, comfortable um, first and foremost person. Um, it's very, you know, it's hard to put into words because you just know. Yeah. Like I feel like you just know who Jerf Avenue would be as a person. It's like I couldn't describe you if I were to try. <laughs> and I can't describe Jerf Avenue as a person if I were to yeah. try. Yeah. But definitely conscious, um, stylish. Yeah. Warm, welcoming, yeah. fun. The warmth was something that I felt really showed through um, or really shows through in, in your feed and your content that you share, you know. Um, it's very noticeably diverse. The Jerf Avenue representatives, it's people who seem really comfortable in their own skin, um, which is something that fashion has struggled with in the past. It's lovely to see from brands nowadays. So kudos to that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. And what are, what are your biggest markets for Jerf Avenue? And why do you think you found so much success in those spaces? Um, so our biggest market is the US by far. Mm. It's over 30%. Yes. Uh, and then Australia is our second biggest with almost 15%. Mm-hmm. And then it's Norway and Sweden, very close to each other, around 10%. And then UK and Germany. And it's hard to say why those markets are our biggest since we only use you know, organic and marketing. Like what, what we do marketing is uh, on social media, on the organic feed. Yeah. And you can see you know, that our following on Instagram and TikTok is, you know, quite the same as the sales. It's very consistent, yeah. Yeah, so it reflects the sales very much. That's, you know, and and so the question is like, why do we have such a big social following in these countries? And that's a hard question, but... Yeah, it's very hard. And we get this question often. And I feel like (laughs) I try, like sometimes I try to figure out an answer and I try to, you know, reflect, but I'm like, I I really generally don't know why, because like you said, it's just organic. Everything has been organic. So mm. I guess there's something in the U.S. that people, you know, that your family speaks to them. Um, you know, we have some clues. Maybe, you know, in general, the U.S. Uh, likes, you know, Swedish designs and Swedish mm-hmm. styles. So that yeah. could be an element. Yeah, because it is pretty different from, like, the standard U.S. Um, style, I would say. That's so what I was thinking. Yeah, it, it feels very, um, you know, the US is a bit more polished still. I think they're still coming around to that more natural feel that you guys give out so well. What's next? What, what are the expansion plans? Aside from worldwide domination, naturally, um, are there any particular pockets that you really want to dig into a bit more? Well, I mean, now we're really focusing on the US because it is our biggest market. So we really want to be where the customers are and create a really seamless and smooth experience for our US customers. So we're working on a warehouse there. The warehouse will open up in, or it's not our warehouse, I mean, <laughs> like that. Um, but we will start shipping from the US this fall, which we're really excited about. Um, we've hired customer service in the US. We've hired social media in the US. So we're actually a pretty big team in the US now. We're six people. Yeah. In total, we'll be seven pretty soon, maybe even eight. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like, that's been our biggest thing right now, just focusing on being present in the U.S. so we can meet our customers on their time zone. Exactly. That's a good aspect because, you know, we always say that if you email uh, from the U.S. and the emails come in here at six o'clock in the, in the evening in Sweden, yeah. we won't answer in like, I don't know, 12, 15 hours or something. Uh, and that's not a good customer experience. So that's that's really nice. So we had 
customer service uh, in the US since a couple of months back. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. And, you know, so, so obviously focusing on the US, since it is our biggest market, it makes sense. A lot of Nordic brands, you know, they want to conquer the US. They want, you know, establish there. But yeah. we feel that we're already in one way established there. Now we just kind of make it even better for yeah. the customers. We just want to grow there in terms of like employees and team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on how much headache we get with this kind of launch, you know, it's kind of natural to look at Australia as well, since uh, Sweden is very, very, very far, far away from, from Australia. Austria, yeah. and, and we have traffic <laughs> there as well. Yeah. So we might do something similar there with a local team and a warehouse. That sounds so exciting. I can't wait to see that play out. Now, you mentioned just then that obviously your growth has been organic. It's all happened on social media, which I think is kind of insane on one hand when you think of where we were with retail five years ago, even compared to now, um, but is increasingly becoming the way people do have to grow. It's why agencies like Cure Media exist. And with your background, Matilda, obviously influence marketing would feel like a perfect fit for Jerf Avenue. But is that something you guys use? Is it something that you think is valuable to to fashion brands nowadays? I mean, as of right now, we don't use any like influencer marketing. Um, We focus a lot on our customers. We, like Raz said, today we're launching our Breezy Drop and we had some of our most loyal customers um, shoot the items and we kind of asked them like what is a breezy summer for you so instead of using influencers for that kind of campaign we used our customers Mm -hmm. and that's just our way of working because I kind of you know coming from the influencer marketing I do think that yes brands should use influencers for marketing 100% I also know how um how weird it can be for people from the outside to look into it if they feel very you know they don't really feel like they're a part of it. So that's kind of why we wanted to focus on the customers more because the customers are why we are where we are, like where we are today. Um, So we've done a lot of, you know, like Zoom calls with our customers. Um, We have our close friends on our Instagram where we post, you know, sneak peeks and where we ask them a lot of questions. And I think that's kind of how we work. But eventually we would like to get into influence marketing because, you know, with my background and I do believe that it is the right step. I mean, I don't see or like, I don't see that we would ever do like a ad on a bus station. Maybe it feels like influencer marketing is the way to do it nowadays, not in a magazine, but uh, we just haven't had, honestly, we haven't really had stock to be able to do influencer marketing because we've been sold out so many times. So it would have felt like a waste, but as we are, you know, as we're working on our stock and making sure that we have that our core collection is always in stock, um, eventually it would be really fun to work with influencers and customers like we do today. Exactly. And, you know, you can kind of see the customers uh, like influencers as yeah. well. You know, yeah. in the design community, they have, you know, kind of profiles within the community that a lot of people look up to. Yeah. You know, those are influencers in one way. But also we, we, we've been, you know, maybe spoiled is the wrong word, but we had some massive influencers just buying from us as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of got that. Um, we got that uh, aspect of na- it as well. Exactly. Yeah. But just naturally yeah. through them wanting yeah. the products. To manage it. Yeah, no, I mean, we always talk about the fact that influence marketing at its root is peer-to-peer marketing and you guys have just taken that and run with it and it's gone extraordinarily well. So certainly why would you stop for now? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the way that consumers obviously um, decide on what brands to shop with, decide on where to spend their money, that's changing a lot and it's changing really quickly, the kind of purchase motivators that we're seeing in the market. And one of the 
big ones that particularly seems to be important to younger consumers, that kind of younger millennial Gen Z bracket is sustainability, which I know is a really core element of Jeff Avenue from the way you design to the where you choose to manufacture and the finished products. Why is why is that so important to you guys personally? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's important because it just is. It's such an obvious thing. Like it, it has never been a question for us. It's just been like, well, of course we want to work with sustainability. And of course it's, it's just a part of life. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it should be a part of everybody's business model, um, regardless of what kind of company you're running. Um, and like you said, I think, you know, sustainability, it's often spoken about in terms of like, oh, you're using this material that's not sustainable, or you're using this material that is sustainable. But there are so many aspects to sustainability mm-hmm. that people don't speak about. Um, and I think that's kind of like what we try to do as well. Like, you know, we want people to know that, you know, this pant, it has our favorite pants. They're the first product that we launched back in December 2019. And today it's still our best seller. Um, and I think that's also one of those things, you know, a lot of fast fashion brands, if you don't buy a style at the time that it launches, you'll never be able to buy it again because it goes out of style for them. And they, yeah. you know, they discount it and they never produce it again. And I think that is also an aspect that people don't speak about. And I think it's just like, we always have this conversation and it's such a big subject, but for us, it's just like, we work with sustainability in many different aspects and it's such a, it's just, I mean. Yeah. It comes very natural to us. It's it's nothing that we, you know. It's nothing that we market. It's nothing that we speak about. Like, oh, we're a sustainable company. Cause we usually Mm -hmm. say like, you know, if you're a company producing any sort of product today, you can never be like 100% sustainable. Of course. Yeah. But I think that's it's interesting how you guys respond to that because, it, again, it's this conversation that wouldn't have been such a given a decade ago. You know, sustainability was either for very niche brands or it was a marketing tool, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas for you guys, it's just baked into your products. It's just yeah. part of the brand because why wouldn't it be? It's the world we live in. Obviously, it has exactly. to be part of it, packed it in. Yeah. Um, And the other element that's really important to consumers and that we touched upon earlier that's really apparent in the JF Avenue brand is that inclusivity, which is something that the fashion industry obviously has struggled with in the past. It does have a slightly troubled history with how inclusive it is, with um, the diversity on display in the industry. How do you see the industry changing? Where do you think inclusivity fits in in modern fashion? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of the same answer. It shouldn't be something that fits in. It should just be because, you know, we all look different. There's not one person that looks the same on planet Earth. And, you know, I think everybody should be represented. Um, And that is something that, you know, we can obviously be even better at. And I think all brands can get better at that. And I think it's just it's a given. It's of course you want to include as many people as possible. And I think that for us, um, it's so I want customers to come onto our website and feel like okay this is a safe space for for me I feel represented I feel seen I feel respected um that's the ultimate goal for me and part of that I assume it feeds into it is as you mentioned earlier that you never retouch you don't polish up or perfect the um the content that you're sharing what kind of response have you had from your from your consumers and from your audience when you share that it's kind of the same thing there. Like, you know, coming from a background where I did modeling jobs, um, mm-hmm. my body was retouched. And I remember this one job I did 
when the photos went online, they had completely like retouched me. They made me like two sizes smaller. And I remember seeing, and I was so gutted and I was so disappointed. And I I was like, why am I not good enough? Like, how could, like, how could a company do this? Um, And that's kind of like also why we wanted to create Jerf Avenue because we wanted to create a space where we don't retouch people or bodies or clothes. And that is something that our customers, you know, I mean, obviously it's something that I feel everybody needs and everybody appreciates a lot. Yeah. And obviously that's one of the things that our customer really loves about yeah. us, you know, talking yeah. about the success. It's, it's a lot of elements. It's the product, it's the marketing, but it's also things like this, you yeah. know, and uh, the sustainability aspect, the aspect of the ethics in, in general, yeah. um, that they, you know, really, really like. And I think, you know, they see, as you say, you know, before it was kind of a marketing strategy, but I think the customer sees that we really, you know, we really uh, genuinely like that's us. Like yeah, it's, exactly. it's natural and genuine, authentic for us. Yeah. And that is, it, it always comes back. Every conversation about um, marketing or branding in any kind of capacity nowadays always comes back to that authenticity. I really feel that is the crux of success yeah. in what is a really challenging retail landscape. Um, br- consumers are very savvy, very savvy nowadays, and they have so many choices. So why are they going to shop with a brand they don't feel is being genuine with them? Yeah. And that authenticity is something that I really um, think has contributed to the success of, and I'm jumping a bit, so bear with me, but the success of TikTok, you know, yeah. obviously, obviously TikTok's huge. That's not a headline anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because it's it's that much less polished, I think, than other platforms. It's that much more um, real and fresh. And obviously you guys have enjoyed really good success on TikTok. I think you're over 80 million views or something insane at the moment. It's 100 um, now. It's 100 now. Oh my gosh, I'm out of date. <laughs> or it's grown that quickly. <laughs> what's what's the secret there? Is that something you want to, con- presumably you want to continue to grow on TikTok, right? Well, I think it's like, I think it's crazy. And I think it's really fun because TikTok is something that, you know, last year we didn't have enough people to even work with TikTok because we were only a team of two on social media. We just hired um, a a very amazing girl named Kayla in LA, which we're very, very excited about. So I think like in January, that's when we really started with our TikTok. And we kind of also felt like we needed to be there because that's where our customers were. And I think that's how we work with everything. Like if our customer is somewhere, that's where we need to be. You know, we need to meet them where they are in the platform that they use. Yeah. And you know, my for you page is really funny. You don't have the same for you page. You only have golf and golden retrievers. But <laughs> my for you page is literally just like Jerf Avenue unboxing and hauls and like I'm so triumphs. jealous. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and sometimes I'm just like, wow, is this I can't believe that this is my brand. And that of course, you know, the community that has just you know, organically grown because our customers are there. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing. And then, I mean, obviously we also upload on our page and I think on our page, we try to have like a mix of, you know, trending sounds, but also just really genuine content um, behind the scenes, content, styling advice and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I mean, TikTok is really fascinating. So it's obviously something that we want to continue working with. Um, so now um, it's kind of crazy that we only been around with TikTok for like, three, four, five months or something. Yeah, uh, it feels like a, a longer time than yeah. that. But uh, but no, it, the, the reach you can, can get there is, is really fascinating. And and that combination with Instagram, I think it's going to work really well for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think the community that you can build on TikTok, um, yeah. they, they can be fiercely loyal 
TikTok. Yeah. Once they found something they like, they really like it. They really yeah. stick with it. And yeah. you mentioned um, just there that community is obviously such a important part of the Jeff Avenue brand. You have the hashtag Jeff Ave Angels. Is this something that was always a goal for you or is it something that's just kind of emerged organically? I think that was something that just kind of emerged organically. It's not like when we started, because I myself have never used hashtags on my Instagram. So that was never like even a thought that we had in the beginning. But I think it's just eventually, you know, like our customers just started calling themselves like Jerf have angels and we started calling them our angels. And it's kind of just been like a cute little intimate thing we've had. So of yeah. course we want to, you know, collect all of our amazing customers in one place. So that's kind of how like Jerf have angels came about. It's very cute. Very Lady Gaga. That's yeah, the I, saw, I was like, oh, <laughs> some it's lady like, brand. <laughs> I mean, I like that it's like a term that they kind of like have come up with and like that they mm. really embrace. Um, and it's it's I mean, it's really nice to have like I feel like every person says this, but the community that we have is so incredible and it's so supportive. And they're all, you know, there's so many people who have genuinely become like real life friends just from following us and finding each yeah. other there. And that a clothing brand can be so much more than just a clothing brand, but it can also be a space for people to feel appreciated and heard and for people to connect. It's just the wildest thing. And I'm so, so grateful for that. For sure. And it's, it's interesting though, because so much research nowadays, so many reports come out saying, you know, and I'm guilty I've said it myself that brand loyalty is dead consumers are too cynical nowadays they're moving on they get bored too easily that doesn't seem to be something that is hitting Jeff Avenue you guys seem to have incredibly loyal consumer bases is there how I guess is the question how have you managed this well you know, it feels like we, you know, give the same answers every time, but <laughs> I think it's the combination. We obviously make a good product. Um, Which it, is really, really important because like you said before, it's easy to just be like a one hit wonder. You create yeah. one item and then people purchase it, but the quality doesn't last. So that's like the beginning to everything. And it's so important to have a really mm -hmm. good product that we're proud of. Yeah. And we're obviously not competing with price. You know, we're kind of made yeah. uh, price and it's always going to be closer as much cheaper. So, and, and I, I think, you know, it's always going to be a, a market for them as well. Some people just want to buy uh, less expensive uh, things and, you know, um, that's okay. But um, so that's the product, really good product, the marketing strategy, um, you know, speed, welcoming warm you really feel uh, that you're in the family and i also want to say that because we say the word marketing strategy and it's not a strategy for us it ha never has been and i think that's also important to um, really lift and i think that's also why our customers are loyal because nothing is a strategy for us and maybe that's also something negative that we've never really worked with strategies yeah, that's not a good thing it's not always good but i think for like social media and marketing it is good because then it does mean that everything is really genuine yeah mm -hmm. but i think like since we you know uh, market ourselves organically on social media social media is kind of you know mouth to mouth method but yeah 100 times yeah. more you know yeah, uh, efficient or can get, go a, a much broader reach uh, yeah. and when you think about it that's the best marketing if if you tell a friend that i love this product and i love this community and the brand uh, you're very, you know, uh, open to 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 buy that and listen to your friend, and and I think that's you know yeah. that's that is social media. Um, 
but it, it's kind of crazy. We have like almost uh, 10 customers that spend over 10K US dollars in total. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, um, they are very, very, very loyal. Yeah. Uh, they're I'm very much they to buy so much more from <laughs> other brands. <laughs> That's amazing. And I know that you guys, you you really go the extra mile when it comes to customer service in general. You know, you do um, personalized emails, right, you, that you send to random customers um, to just ask how their experience was um, and what their opinion of the brand is, how they enjoyed the products they ordered. And it's something that the bigger a brand gets, the more they often have trouble continuing or replicating yeah purely by merit of the amount of people that they are serving every day. Is it something that you hope to continue as you grow, uh, given that you are growing so quickly? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this kind of like also connects with my Instagram, because a lot of people ask me the same, oh, you're growing, like you have so many more followers than you did in the beginning. How do you keep up with DMs and stuff? And it's the same thing with this. It's because we prioritize it. It's because it's important for us. So if something is important, you're going to continue doing it. And I think that's like our way of running it. So we're we're never going to stop. And we're probably just going to send out more flower bouquets to our most loyal customers (laughs) and more emails and, you know, hire after that as well. If we need more people to be able to do things like that, that's what we're going to have to do. Exactly. Then we're just going to hire people, you know, um, you get the question sometimes like, oh, do you have your customer service team here in Sweden? Why don't you have it in, in Asia or something remote? Uh, and I was like, well, that's, it's not us. It's, it's not yeah. going to work. We're going to build the team in-house. It's really important that you have. Because I think, you know, our customer service team in one way are our customers as well. So they have a really good relationship yeah. with the customers yeah. and, you know, uh, they've been uh familiar with the brand before and they have a really expertise of the clothes yeah. and they have a genuine interest of helping the customers mm-hmm. um so we get a lot of you know just sizing questions and then they can see like okay you usually bought this or you bought this before in that size i think you could size up size down depending on the fit so they are a really special uh, team the customer service team yeah. Um, yeah. and and yeah, I mean, just... they're the face of the brand in one way as well. And customer service is where you really get to know the customers is where you have that daily communication. And for us, it's always been such a high priority to have a really strong and communicative customer service team. And the girls who work with the customer service, they're stars and they're honestly, they're the best. They're so good and they take care of our customers in the best way and our and our customers love them as well, which is really, really important. We get the loveliest messages from our customers, which is really, really rewarding for them. Yeah. And I think like the big brands that doesn't do it anymore since they're big, it's just an excuse for them. You yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. easy for them to say we're so big now, so we can't do this stuff. Yeah. Are we going to continue yeah. um, doing it? It's um, just part of our core values. Exactly. Yeah. It really feels like, you know, that it's something that a lot of, I guess, naysayers, people who don't believe in the e-commerce age will say, oh, but you can't replicate the experience of going into a store and getting support help from a customer service staff but it feels like you guys have really found that sweet spot with all of the convenience all of the um ease of shopping online but the community but the support but the helpfulness and the personal touch that people I guess can occasionally miss from stores and I think that's you know I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir but that's gonna set you Mm -hmm. in such good stead as you grow yeah yeah, and it's, you know, interesting because when we're growing, a lot of people talking about, okay, now you need to um, be much better at administration. And, you know, we talked about um, newsletters. 
Um, mm. We just launched newsletters a couple of months ago because it's so automatic in general. It's so yeah. kind of lame in one way yeah, that we us. didn't want to do it. We we wanted to find a good way how we can do it personalized. Yeah. yeah. When we started Jerf Avenue, the web agency that we had, they said, you have to have newsletters. And I said, no, we don't. We do not need to have newsletters until we can find a way to do a really, really genuine and really personal. Um, so, yeah, like you said, for two years, we didn't have newsletters. We just rolled it out and it's really, really appreciated from our customers. We kind of more take them like behind the scenes, um, you know, give them like sneak peeks of new launches. You will never receive one of those emails from us that is like, oh, this is in your cart or, you know, we think you'll like this because yeah. that's just not the way we want to run our business. Like we really... We love our customers and, you know, obviously we love that they shop from us, but we also want them to be really conscious about all of their purchases and just, you know, like throwing items at them and saying, this is what you should buy. This is what you should buy. That's not how we think. That's not sustainable. Of course. So finally, I suppose I will just squeeze in one more question. um, And that is next year, two years, three years. What is what does Jeff Avenue look like in the next few years to you guys? Well, we're going to be an even more established brand. Um, We're doing a pop-up in Los Angeles this June. Um, So in a couple of years, I'm sure we had some more around the world. Mm -hmm. Want to do more customer photo shoots around the world. Those two two things have always been like our goals to have pop-ups around the world and to do these like customer um, photo shoots around the world because we only use our customers as models. Mm -hmm. And that is something we want to do, you know, meet the customers where they are. Uh, and product development in a yeah. nice, uh, clean way. Uh, so you can buy even more of your outfits from Durf Avenue. Um, and uh, yeah, be a really even bigger and better brand and get even more loyal customers. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you have all of the foundations to get there as well. I have no doubt. I'm looking forward to seeing your pop up in London. Whenever that mm-hmm. happens, I'll be first in line. <laughs> Yeah, it'll happen it will happen for sure <laughs> i'll hold you to that i'll be emailing you in like three months from now <laughs> so just before we wrap up this episode and it has been so amazing talking to you guys i'm sure most of our listeners don't even need reminding but if they do want to follow you guys and they don't already where should they go where can they find you well we're jerf avenue on instagram jerf avenue on tiktok and jerf avenue on youtube and then of course our website jerf that's where you'll find us it's as easy as that. Just yeah. your family everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> easy to remember. No one's got any excuses. Next time we no. need to go shopping, we know where to go. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for joining me today, guys. It really has been absolutely amazing talking to you, Matilda and Rasmus. Um, I know you're super swamped, so we really appreciate you making the time to share your insights and expertise with us today. Thank you for having us. It was yeah. lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. I know it's been a slightly longer episode, but I think you can all agree, very worth it. I have been your host, Holly Morin, and you've been enjoying Influence Marketing Talks. If you'd like to hear any more of our series, just head to www.curemedia.com for every episode that we've ever recorded of Influence Marketing Talks, as well as loads more information, just like the insights shared today, available on all our social channels at Cure Media. Thank you again for listening and we will see you back here next week for another episode of Influence Marketing Talks.